This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, we got a full house backfield tonight along with Will Pasek and Brian Munguia and Tom Bauer. We're here until midnight. Dennis Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling, my man? Uh, yeah, I know. I hear you. Uh, right back at you, buddy. Don't worry. Right back at you. Well, here, let's start on a positive note. Give it to Gordon, me. Gordon, we are so in some, we are so insane, so in simpatico. It is amazing. How so? While you were sending out your tweet from Costco, yeah, I was in Costco. Oh, were you really? Look at that. Great minds think alike. Absolutely. No, yeah, yes, both of our wives sent us. <laughs> That's what I was talking about, right? Great minds think alike. You're not going to make me go to the store by myself, are you? You're here. You should help. Come push the cart. Making yes, suggestions, getting shot down. No, we don't need that. No, just uh-uh. go down this aisle. Listen, no, I, here's the list. Go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's I'll it. I'll go so. stand in line. You go grab a couple more things. I'll wait in the line. <laughs> so, but 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 your, your your picture was curious. I I wonder what they want you to to, to mount there. I, yeah, I was I was. You have to go to my Twitter. I don't think I can bring it up on the air. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely made me take a double tap. What? What? Wait. What? <laughs> Pardon me. I think I'll leave the TV on the ground then, if that's the case. <laughs> well, just give me the handle, and I'll, right, I'll, I'll exactly. take it home. And listen, let me take it home, and I'll tell you how it works. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll just steer clear. Exactly, exactly. You know, you know what funny. I saw at Costco today? What else? They had, you know, the 4K TVs. Yes. Oh my God! I have never seen one of them before. They are now. I don't know if it's just like they have to put something on there that people actually watch because they have the channel where it's just them cutting fruit and it's like all the fruit looks amazing. It does. But does that is that what the baseball game they have to put a baseball game on there if they want me to buy one of those things, but it looked well, absolutely incredible. The definition. Well, it would look better if it was a winning baseball game that they put on there. Yeah, I might if if the Yankees could score get a couple of hits, never mind score runs, just get a couple of hits, I might feel a little bit better about things. Yeah, you might. You might. It it it's been uh, you know, it's been a tough couple of days for both local baseball teams. Although the weekend Gordon wasn't bad and, no, and for me that. for me, listen, you'll sign up for taking series. Okay? It, give me series all the time, I'm good. However, this one's a bit much. And tonight's a bit much because for some reason, while the Phillies have struggled, they don't struggle against the Mets in Philadelphia. 18 and 8 over the last 26 games, the Phillies beating the Mets. And tonight, see, it, the loss is bad enough, but when you lose two pitchers and you don't know what the injury situation is like, that makes it even more uneasy. And you'd feel a little better as a Mets fan if you had the if you had the win. Okay, but we lost two guys, but at least we got the win. We didn't get either tonight, and, and it's scary. It, you you got to be a little concerned. You don't have DeGrom. You got McGill replacing him. You don't have Walker. You don't know what's going on with the shoulder. First it was the knee, now or the ankle, now it's the shoulder. Uh, Peterson, I think, who pitched well tonight can fill in for him. But now you're getting to the bullpen, and you don't have May leaves with – you know, grimacing after one pitch, and Jolie Rodriguez thought he was with the Yankees again, <laughs> and he had a flashback. <laughs> yeah, Ca- Cashman at least can sing the tunes of that one. You know what I mean? Like that's the only one that he has uh, anything to really chime about right now. So, and then Seth Lugo, who's normally really good in relief, has a bad outing. So, and and, and they do it in the eighth inning. So you, as the Mets, you only have one chance to get back into the game. So this is this is a bad loss, Gordon, for them. Oh, no question. I mean, you have the big early lead and uh, to watch it go away. And 
Look, I mean, I think that the Mets should have a decent bullpen, uh, but then you see one of the culprits tonight is one of the guys you really thought you can count on is Seth Lugo. So to see him kind of in the mix there uh, is very surprising. But, again, it's early in the season. Mm-hmm. Taking three or four against the Nationals, that's what you're supposed to do. Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, the Nas- unless something really strange happens, the Nationals are not, not going team. to be a good team this year. The team. Phillies, I don't think the Phillies are a good team, but boy, oh boy, they'll be able to score some runs. They have they some will. lineup on them. Now, that might not be enough to overcome all the other flaws they have, but tonight they were able to do it and do it in a very a very quick fashion. I felt like it was yeah. like blink your eyes, and it, was, and it wasn't like a grand slam. It was, you know, hit here, hit here, and, and, but it was fast. So, yeah, I mean, this is one that uh, stings a little bit. Uh, you just have to kind of come out and hope that these guys that got hurt tonight – are going to be back before too long because while I think that the Mets' bullpen should be a strength, it's not so strong that you can be losing guys like uh, the guys you were losing tonight. And it wasn't even Diaz. I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't right. The Horns didn't them. even play. <laughs> I know. And I was hoping that at least that Seth Lugo would end in a tie because I felt, you know, with the opportunity of Javis Familia coming in, I, I have a shot mm-hmm. in extra innings. I got a shot. So, yeah. You know, it didn't happen that way. As far as the Yankees concerned, Gordon, this is kind of weird because, you know, and watching them tonight was, first of all, I thought uh, it was a flashback to last year with all the double plays and the ground balls. It was just like ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. It was ironic to me that until Glaber Torres got a hit, that Joey Gallo had the only only hit in the game for the Yankees. Yeah, and Joey Gallo people. just got another one. So he's he's in a hot streak now. I mean, his his average might be at a season high of about 190 or so right about now. So and and as we speak, they just hit into another double play. So now uh, down to their final out in the ninth inning. So uh, yeah, I mean the Yankee offense has not really clicked. I mean they got two or three against the Red Sox, and I think you'd sign for that, even though it felt mm-hmm. like there were some opportunities in that Sunday night game to to kind of cash in. Yeah. But so far, the Yankee offense, which has been the focus of this team, it's, it's, it's not really the pitching. The pitching's been fine. Uh, the bullpen has been excellent. But going yeah. into the season, we all thought the Yankees needed to do something to improve their offense. And it's a lot of the same culprits that uh, we kind of thought it was going to be. Uh, Gallo has been good tonight, but uh, has had his struggles. Glaber has been, you know, mediocre. Um, Aaron Hicks looks like he's kind of a little bit lost so far. Mm-hmm. And then you have two guys at two positions that, you know, between Higashioka, great spring, but I don't really think he's going to be a run producer. And then the right. shortstop, who didn't even catch the ball that well this weekend. That's not There's good. some concerns about the Yankee offense for sure. Absolutely. I thought Tyon pitched well, Gordon. He only gave up the, the you would one sign hit for that. To, to, Absolutely. to Springer. I mean, he pitched well. No, you would. I mean, going into this game, if you told me first start of the year for Jamison Tyone, he gave up a couple of runs in five innings, struck out, I think, six or seven, didn't walk anybody. Not the issue. Not the issue at all. And you would sign for that every single time. Uh, it's about the offense and, and whether or not the Yankee offense is going to be good enough to kind of carry those two spots. I don't think that there's any set of circumstances where the Yankees are going to get run producing offense out of either catcher or shortstop. Mm-hmm. Now, if all the other parts are clicking, that's great. But it's not really like – I mean, it's so early on, there's not really – I mean, outside of Rizzo, nobody's really clicking yet. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, some guys have had some decent at-bats. You know, Donaldson had the big hit that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Stanton is Stanton. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that Judge gets going here before too long. If he's healthy and he's playing, you know he will. Yeah. But it's about the other guys that you have question marks about. It, it's about LeMayhew. Can he bounce back? Can Glaber bounce back? Uh, is Donaldson going to stay healthy and give you his typical numbers? And then, of course, center field with Aaron Hicks, where that felt like an obvious area that the Yankees need to upgrade. But 
he's out there, and you're hoping that he can kind of get back to where he was, what, four years ago? Like his last good year was 2018. That's a long time and a lot of injuries ago. It is a long time. It is a lot of injuries. And remember, even though he was playing well in the field, the biggest knock I remember talking about him, Gordon, was he doesn't hit. I mean, what's going on with the offense? Yes, he's giving you defense, but you still need – I mean, you know, center field position is, is a power position, Gordon, in, in Major League Baseball. It's just like right field and left. It's a power position. You want your guy to at least give you average, or or if he's not going to give you average, give you some numbers. And except for, as you mentioned, 2018, he's not been the guy that's been consistent doing that. No. And when you had an offense in previous years where you were – I mean, the defense was, was lacking, but there was an expectation of some offense from shortstop and catcher. Mm-hmm. This year, you don't have any expect. Those guys are just basically any any offense you get out of those guys is a plus. Anything right. is is like a bonus, but it requires the other you know seven spots to kind of carry you. And at least so far, you know I'm not saying anybody's off to a, a terrible start. No, but no, it's no. not really it's not really click like. I mean, outside of the first game where they got a couple of runs in the ninth inning, they've scored what 11 runs in four games. Yeah, that's that's not the Yankee offense. And if, if that's what the offense is going to look like on most nights, that's a problem, especially going up against the Blue Jays team that, you know, their their offense is going to click. The yeah. fact that you've held them to three runs tonight is pretty that's good. Great. That's great. Might be might be the lowest total they have in this series. It could be. You might be right. You might be right. And the other thing with Hicks is you really need him to produce because he's he's the only switch hitter in your lineup which means he's going to play every day. So you need to, for him to at least have a chance to get something going. Uh, and he got you know, base hit there. So at least you need him to have something going because you need him in that lineup to kind of break up the righties and the lefties. Yeah, I mean, it would be great. If he could get back to where he was in 2018, even though he never really hits for a high average, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not a big batting average guy. I'd much mm-hmm. rather have OPS. I'd much rather have slug. Okay. Uh, so all that's more important to me. But, yeah, I mean, he does not look like – I mean, his, 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 the ball does not jump off the bat quite like it has in years past. So, mm-hmm. again, it's not just this year. I felt like that was a little bit last year as well. So he's had a lot of things that go, go wrong for him in, in terms of health and whether or not he can get back to being that player remains to be seen. And even if he does get back to being that player, can he stay that player? Yeah. Because the injuries yeah. have obviously been a theme with him in his time with the Yankees. That's always the issue. Can he stay in the lineup? 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls when we return. We'll also hear from the ballparks. Obviously, we'll hear from what's going on in Philadelphia, give you an update on uh, Tyrone Walker and Trevor May, who left the games, in case you just heard, left the, the game in the uh, Met Phillies, the Mets lost to the Phillies. And at the top of the hour, we will tell you who is the champion of our March movie mayhem, Gordon. It was fun. In retrospect, it, it was fun. I, I thought the fans did a much better job than they did with the music. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's not it's not even really close, right? I mean, if you've done if you did the terrible, the worst you possibly could do with the theme songs, mm-hmm. they did better this time around. Yes, absolutely. They Fair did to better. say. And we'll also touch base on what are the Knicks going to do now, Gordon? Because I texted Gordon yesterday. We we're chatting about Obi Toppin. What forty two? He played forty minutes. That, that's that's probably that guy couldn't have helped you all season, Larry. Not at all. He's only good the last week of the season. You can, he obviously he had nothing to 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 give you the entire the entire year where he's playing nine minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Just, just, it, it's scary. It really is. So lots to do. We'll start with you on the phones next on ninety eight seven. Let's go back to the phones, Gordon. Sam is in San Antonio. He's next on ninety eight seven. What's up, Sam? 
Hello, good afternoon. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? I hope all is well with you and your family. Hey, Sam. What's going on, pal? How you guys doing? Long time no speak, guys, but Larry, you know me for the last Happy what, baseball years. season, my doing baseball. Happy baseball doing season, well. Sam. Yes, it is. And um, I, I wanted to call you before the season began just to uh, celebrate Buck Walter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have been speaking off and on for like 15 years. So I don't know if you remember one of our first conversations. I do. It was in the early 2000s after uh, the Diamondbacks let Buck Walter go. And I've wanted mm-hmm. him since then. Yes, so that did. being said, uh, today's L does hurt just because it's a divisional loss. You had a four-run lead in the eighth, but I'm not, I'm not going to rip the team. Uh, I'm not going to say uh, play backseat manager with Buck Walter here. I have 100% trust in him. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, my concern is the injury, but here is my two cents when it comes to the difference of uh, the way the injuries are handled this year. Uh, before Buck Showalter, with all the other management, it, it, we joked a lot about it. It went from a paper cut to a six-year IL stick. The difference that I expect this year is for transparency, for them to be handled the right way. Uh, and I think DeGrom is a perfect example right away. This injury that he's going through was, is lingering from what they didn't do properly last year. Mm-hmm. So I just expect everything to be tightened up, to be cleaned, and just look at the first couple of games, minus today's L. Um, they seem to me at least to be playing cleaner baseball. Mm-hmm. Two out hits, not trying to slam the ball all the way to Mars. Uh, well, I think we only have three home runs so far in the season. I'll take mm-hmm. three wins for now. Like I said, today's L does hurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I have, I've been a Mets fan since the 80s, since I was a little kid. I've really never been this excited for a Mets season, even if they didn't have the roster that they do. I think Buck is what it's all about. To me, he's the Bill Belichick. And I'm really looking forward to the championship that I know they're going to bring in within the next three years. Now, before you comment, I do have just one quick question, uh, Mm -hmm. hypothetical about Aaron Judge. We already know the offer that they gave him. Uh, I just want to ask you guys, how much more do you think he would add to his contract worth if the Yankees win the World Series this year and Aaron Judge is the regular season MVP and World Series MVP, how much more would he earn by getting that based off of the contract that they just, he just said no to? Uh, thank you so much, Larry and Gordon. We're going to be talking a lot this year. Thank you so much for the time. You guys are great. All right, Sam. Thanks for the kind words. Gordon, I'd say he's going to be worth oh, another $10 million. <laughs> At least, I mean, if he stays healthy and has a typical Aaron Judge type of MVP conversation type of year, and then went on to the postseason and all that, the problem is, is that he's the age stuff is and the past injury stuff. I still think is going to be a factor. But would it shock me if Aaron Judge got to free agency and somebody paid him forty million dollars a season? Absolutely not. That's what. That's kind of the area I thought the Yankees were going to be in. Like before we got any ideas, I thought five for forty. Mm-hmm. Five years, $40 million, $200 million bucks. call it a sense. day. Everybody's happy. Uh, they obviously didn't do that. They, they thought maybe longer-term deal, less money per year. Um, and to I me, wouldn't that, do that. I think they're wrong. <laughs> Give me short-term more money. Yeah, I think that that would be more appealing to him, and it should be more appealing to the team. Like To me, the concern is not so much the money because the Yankees got more than enough money. It's about the years. I don't want those dead years where he's 38, 39. Mm -hmm. Who knows how his body is going to age? It's impossible to know. He's kind of a one-of-one situation. Uh, So, to me, it's almost a sign that maybe they didn't really want to – 
to sign him, and they would have only signed him if it was a deal that really they feel like knocked it out of the park. Exactly. Because, I mean, what, you've, you've still got Stanton for six more years. Oh, I, I mean, he's correctly. there until, I think, 2027. Okay, so you got him for, all right, so five, five to six more years. You got Cole for mm-hmm. five to six more years. Mm-hmm. So I would think from their standpoint, financially, I'd rather give him the money and give him give him more money, give him less years. And listen, if he if he fools us and he's really good and we get to the next contract, I'll give him more money. I'm good. Right. Well, I mean, maybe there was a there was an opportunity to offer opt outs uh, mm-hmm. of some kind. I don't know if the Yankees right. discussed that. And I think I thought I saw a quote from Cashman that said that they did offer that, but I'm not positive. Um, we'll see. Uh, at yeah. the end of the day, when he becomes a free agent, the Yankees will be one of those teams that can bid on him as well. The fact that their offer was what it was. I don't think anybody can say that the Yankee offer was cheap, though. $30.5 no. million dollars no. a season. And the other thing that kind of cracked me up was, oh, the Yankees released the numbers. Obviously, they're trying to portray judges as greedy. You and I both know those numbers would have gotten out there somehow. Sure. Whether or not the numbers that got out there were actually accurate – who knows? And if the Yankees had said, well, you know what? We're not going to announce our numbers. Oh, look, see, the Yankees, they're so cheap, they're not even going to tell you what the numbers are. See, they're obviously ashamed of what the offer was. Really low-balled Aaron Judge. So you can't win in these situations. Everybody wants Judge here for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll just kind of have to wait and see until after the season's over. And if, and if they really were unhappy with it, Judge's agents would have released the numbers. Oh, of course. Those numbers would have gone down. And it's funny because on Sunday Night Baseball, the K-Cast last night, the Mm -hmm. K-Rod cast, Alex Rodriguez says, well, you know, there's reports out there he wants nine years. I know that's not the case. Where do you think those numbers came Where do you think (laughs) he found out that he doesn't want nine years? Because it's all a negotiation. Sure. That's what it is. What's going to be interesting is if the Yankees find themselves having a bad year Mm -hmm. and they know – that they're not going to the playoffs this year, mm. and they have a pretty good read that Judge might not be resigning here. Could there ever be a situation before the before the trade deadline where they actually deal Aaron Judge? Absolutely, they would. I think they would. I think so too. And get a haul. I mean, you know what you could get for him? Yeah, um, you would think. You get a, if, you, if you're you get if a, you're having a bad year and you have all this stuff going on. It's not. Look, it's a bit of a of a of a hypothetical, I sure. grant you, but sure. it's I don't think it's outrageous. It's it will be the best deal anybody in the Western Conference will have. <laughs> and really, the last because you're not going to you're not going to send them in your division. No, 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 no. <laughs> you would have to say the last time the Yankees did that, they did pretty well in 2016, where they tore down a little bit, traded yeah. some guys away, and that's right. Now they took those pieces and didn't do really anything with them, but you know, still they but got the, the next was, year. But yeah, it worked was, on paper. It was a good. It was the good. It was the right move. It was on paper. It was the right move. And listen, they could still listen. They could trade him and still bring him back and resign him. They could <laughs> right do a Chapman. Under Chapman. Absolutely could do the same thing. The other thing for Sam is Sam. I hear what you're saying. It's early. I love Buck Showalter too. But as far as the the Grom situation. Let's not blame the Met doctors as much because I think DeGrom had a hand in this also. Gordon, I think DeGrom had a hand in this with, no, I want to. They they told him some things. We, we read the reports, what he was told. No, I'm not doing that. I'm okay. Let me set this one out. So I think his stubbornness is as much a situation as maybe how it was mishandled by doctors. He has been checked out nine ways to Sunday. 
And, and these are not quacks that they're sending this guy to. No. Mm-mm. So I just think that this is something that developed. He's got something going on with his body where he just cannot stand up to the, the test right now for whatever reason, and it's been a different thing each and every time. And it just kind of makes you wonder, is he ever going to really be 100% healthy again where you can get to see the great Jacob deGrom? You have to wonder what the years that the Mets just did not perform and did yep, not get the absolutely. wins when he was as great as he was. Absolutely. How, how much toll that took on his arm. He may never be, he may never be DeGrom again. It, now, it, that's it, the pessimistic view. Obviously, sure. we hope he will be. But of course. Listen, they only have so many pitches in the arm. I'm just telling you. There's only so many you have in there. If you are not concerned that this guy will never be the same guy again, I don't know. I don't know where you've been because the fact that he missed as much time as he missed last year, came back and immediately got hurt with something completely different. That has to send alarm bells up to everybody. It's not good. It's not good at all. It's been an interesting show. We've been talking a lot of baseball. We'll talk a little uh, Knicks and Nets in this hour. But right now, we continue first. We have a couple of things to do at the top. Before we get to the calls, you guys hold on. We'll get to you in a second. Gordon, it took us the month of March, and it took it went into April for us to find out who is the best movie sports villain or hero in all the movies that have ever been put out. We had 64 of them, and now we will crown a champion on the March Movie Mayhem. Mr. Damer, you're on the air. Yes, it almost turned into Tax Day Movie Madness or Movie Mayhem. (laughs) It did take a little while longer than we had anticipated, but you know what? What a job by the selection committee. The beauty of the NCAA tournament is that no matter what team it is that wins, there's always that one contest. Two minutes to go. They're Mm -hmm. down a couple of points. They got to make some shots. Doesn't matter. This year, Kansas obviously was like that in the championship game. I shouldn't bring that up with you, Larry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. But in our March movie mayhem, the number one overall seed blitzed the field. Never in trouble in any round. Not in trouble in the final four. Not in trouble in the final matchup. So our winner for the first ever, and based on the vote totals, last ever March movie mayhem is... Hey. My name is Rocky Balboa, the Italian style. They say I'm the American dream. Wait a minute. I'd like to explain something. Uh, you know, I ain't punchy. I got what you call, like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. But I ain't punchy, you know. It's just the way I talk here. And you know what's kind of interesting, and we won't spend too much time on it? We have found in the polls, mm-hmm. generally, it's there's a lot of recency bias, right? Like, yes. a movie from 1975, it's very difficult for that to compete against maybe more some of the more um, common ones from today, right? Last mm-hmm. five years, last ten years. But Rocky mm-hmm. Balboa blitzed the field. He had far more troubles with Clubber Lang and Apollo Creed than he did in this tournament. So congratulations to the timeless, endless character of Rocky Balboa, the greatest sports hero slash villain of all time. He stood the test of time, Gordon. He did. Absolutely. That's what greatness is. Longevity has its place. <laughs> Let's hope so for our sake, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, absolutely. It's a, ni- it's a nice message to send to both of us. <laughs> congratulations, Rocky. You deserved it. You deserve it. And congratulations and thanks to everybody that voted in our poll. And 
as you mentioned, Gordon, to the selection committee who did an outstanding job. Yes. And to all the folks in the background who did graphics on Twitter. And oh, just everybody. Jake Montgomery Jake, and Brian just, pulling oh. clips with no curse words in it. It was, ama- it was a very difficult task. So it was. to the dozens and dozens of you that voted, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, we're already thinking about next year. I, I think I have an idea for next year. See, already. I told you we're already thinking about next year. <laughs> already. The, we, listen, we don't, just, we don't just drop them out of a hat. We, we research on these things. We do work. There's a lot of work that goes into these. Oh, there's no question about it. And, of course, uh, Gordon, I think because we're so busy tonight, let's start it tomorrow. Yes. The idea that we were going to do. Yeah. Is we'll anything better than The Sopranos? Yeah. Yeah. We'll so start we'll that, that tomorrow. tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, right now, we're going to hear from Aaron Boone. And oh, one of these goodness. one of these is uh-huh. going to be an Answers with Aaron that oh, Gordon Damer is going to. This is our first edition of the year. We did a spring edition. training one, but yes, this is did. the real deal now. This is the real deal now. This, 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 is, where, this is where it counts. So <sighs> okay. there, we have uh, three comments from Aaron Boone. Mm-hmm. You will do an Answers with Aaron on the last one. All right. Give it to okay, me. Okay, on the last one. Yep. So we will save that for a minute. First, though, uh, when Aaron Boone spoke to the media, he asked, what did Manoa have? What was he throwing that made him just so hard to hit tonight? You know, he's been tough on us every time we faced him. You know, I, I remember seeing him uh, in Dunedin last year for the first time before he had made the club. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of, he's at our number to this point. Um, you know, he's got that late movement on the fastball. I don't think he made a lot of mistakes with his secondary today. And, you know, it's just tough to mount mount much against him. He was off our barrel a lot. And, uh you know, we had the one good opportunity where where he where he walked some guys, where we gave ourselves a chance, and Bichette makes a pretty special play in the hole, I thought. And then, you know, later on, I thought Donaldson did a good job of you know shooting Simber the other way, and our other good scoring opportunity, and, and Espinal made a really good play. So they made a couple big plays when they did get in trouble, but for the most part, Manoa Manoa was in control. He was in control, Gordon, and when he left the mound, he let you know he was in control, and. What that does is, listen, if you can't get up to face him and rock his confidence a little bit, Gordon, the more he survives, the more confident he gets. He's going to be very tough. He's what he's beat you twice and had won no decision. He's been tough. Yeah, they had that opportunity in the, what was it, the third inning, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, some opportunities there and just were not able to cash in. Not a lot of hits tonight and none really with any runners in scoring position for sure. Uh 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, 8 left on base. And Aaron Judge heard some boos tonight. Here's what Aaron Boone said about that. I mean, usually, you know, coming off a, a, a big weekend series and you have a Monday crowd, you, you, you tend to hear those things, you know. Uh, the the boos sometimes drowned out, you know, some of the cheering, especially in a game where, you know, we're not generating a lot. So, you know. That's, you know, that's sometimes, you know, goes with playing. And, you know, uh, I'm not worried about Judge. He's got plenty of support out there. All right. Gordon, you're up, my friend. I'm ready. Okay. Aaron Boone was asked tonight, what have you seen from, what did you see from Joey Gallo? Joey Gallo. What did you see from Joey Gallo? Now, while you think about this, let me just bring people up. Mm-hmm. Normally, when you hear for for all year, when you hear this sounder, when you hear this sounder, answers with Aaron, that means that Gordon is going to mind meld 
with Aaron Boone, and he is going to tell you what Aaron, he's going to predict what Aaron Boone is going to say as only Aaron Boone can say it. Gordon Damon? So the question is, what did you see from, from Gallo tonight. Joey Gallo tonight? I'm going to say I, I really liked his at-bats. You know, I believe in Joey as a player. I know what kind of player he is. I know what kind of numbers he can put up. And we have plenty of faith in Joey because he is a guy that really controls the strike zones at strike zone. And I feel like uh, I like the swings that he's been taking this, uh, this season so far. Aaron Boone, what did you see from Gallo tonight? Being good at bats. I mean, you know, uh, and more tonight. You know, he's, 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 he's winning a lot of pitches. He's on a lot of pitches. He's still controlling the strike zone. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that gets talked a lot about, but I, I feel like he's in a really good place and, you know, in position to go, you know, do what we know he can do. And I, I thought, you know, for the most part tonight, had more more quality at bats. It's good to see him get some results with it. All right, Gordon, hold on a second. Yep. Let's go to our panel go of judges the, judges. the full house backfield that we have. Uh, let's start with our well, let's start with our guest. Tom, what did you think of Gordon Damer with answers with Aaron? How good did he do? You left Tom speechless, Gordon. Yeah, see that? Look at that. I just, <laughs> he can't even. He's, he's without speech. speech. He can't say a thing. He was, uh, he was here we go. Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, you were uh, spot on, Gordon, uh, with right. uh, what Aaron was saying tonight. I, I think I had strike zone, right? You did? I said strike zone. Yeah, I think, I think you I had check good that one off your bingo cards. Yep. Yeah. Will, how did uh, how did Gordon do tonight? Yeah, he uh, he did really well, and I'm actually a Joey Gallo supporter. But Gordon was spot on. I heard well, look, it. He went two for three tonight. I mean, they were meaningless hits. They didn't score any runs as a result uh, of them. But I heard the sound bite, and I'm like, we have to use this for answers with Aaron because I know Gordon's going to hit it out of the park, and he hit it out of the park. Brian, what'd you think? I think Gordon's already in mid-season, uh, mid-season form. So, not even the question. Yep, he's ready to go. So not what is Gallo's average up to now? 231. 231. Is this oh, the man. highest that it will be all season? 231. What? 231 is pretty high for him. He's actually, he, he's hitting 231, and DJ LaFraud is hitting 100. Okay, well, look, DJ LeMayhew has a little bit of a better track record of actually, you know, putting the bat on the ball. <laughs> if if Joey Gallo were to finish his season at 231, Larry, it would be the yeah. second highest batting average he's ever had in his career. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, promo code Gordon, 231? Promo code Gordon? <laughs> I don't know. I have to go and look at the app. I don't know if I can. That's not what you want to see. Tr- I don't even think FanDuel's taking action on that. They're like, we're out on that game. We're Last gonna thing. lose our shirt. <laughs> Last one, Gordon. Uh, since Aaron Boone talked about it, Aaron Judge was asked about it as well on the booze he got tonight. Here's what Aaron Judge had to say. Oh, it's not rare. It's, I've been hearing it <laughs> since 16. You know, it's nothing new. Nothing new. He handles things so well, Gordon, doesn't he? He just, he just, he, he just, you know, put out the fire, right? Yeah, simple. It's like it's, it's. I hate to compare him, but. So I'll say it this way. He has Jeter tendencies. Well, as long as he doesn't have Julius Randle tendencies. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think well, we can. Well, Just give well, him the thumbs down next time you're at the, at the plate. Yeah, or we have to wait and see if he gets paid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> then, then we'll see. That would be the other side of it. 
1-800-919-3776. When we return, you on the phones next on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head back to the phones. A bunch of people waiting to chat with us, like Stephen Rockland. Steve, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, guys. So, you know, with Judge, his, uh, you know, the whole free agency thing is collectively bargained. Collectively bargained by the most powerful labor union in the history of modern civilization since there were guilds in the middle of eight in the Middle Ages. No labor union has ever been able to secure the benefits that MLBPA has been able to secure. Thank you, Kurt Flood. Okay. So with that being said, let's say a team, and that is his right, you know, to to negotiate with all 30 teams when the time comes. Okay. So let's say somebody comes and says, well, we'll give you $40 million a year for 10 years. And he goes to the Yankees and the Yankees say, look, We'll match the money, but but we'll condense it into seven years, and he doesn't take the money, and he doesn't take the money from the Yankees, the same money for fewer years. Then you'll know if he really wanted to be a Yankee for life. And then the Yankee fans can give him what their market will bear. Then he can deal with that. Okay. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Steve. Thanks for the phone call. It's it's really very similar to what happened with Robinson Cano. When Robinson, you know, the, the Yankees offered actually Gordon more money, but Seattle offered the years, and that's why Robinson Cano left. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. If Aaron Judge gets a, a, a contract someplace else that's for significantly more money, either years or just per year, I, I can't really blame him for taking that contract. Now, I'm sure he would like to be a Yankee for life, but he, his, this is his business, mm-hmm. and this is his one chance to cash in, so I have no problem with him doing what he feels is necessary to get the the necessary deal. I agree. <laughs> Go for the money. <laughs> and if and if the long and if the years, listen, the years are security. So if you get 10 years from someplace else, I know you love the pinstripes, but it's a business. Yeah. All right? And the business says, take care of your family as an athlete, and especially for an athlete who's had the injury history that he's had, Gordon, you got to go for the you got to go Absolutely. for the money and the years. You have to. Now I'll say to. this: if if the deal that he gets from the other team is close to the one that the Yankees were offering, if it's just a million dollars here or there, well, then maybe as a fan you could be ticked off. This guy saying he wants to be a Yankee for life, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the Yankees have more than enough. They have all the resources. They yeah. are worth six, seven billion dollars, whatever it is. They can go sign Aaron Judge anytime they want. And Absolutely. I even think that they could do it in the middle of the season. Yeah. If they went to him and said, we'll give you seven for 40, year, 40 million a year for seven years, I find it hard to believe his, his agent wouldn't say, well, maybe we might be willing to talk in the middle of the season. They, sure. The Yankees know what Aaron Judge wants. Yeah, they know. They absolutely know. They absolutely know. Jason Hollis, he's next on 98.7. What's up, Jay? Hey guys, what's up? First of all, let me uh, let me start off by saying I learned my lesson: no more Bill Cosby jokes. Um, two, um, and this is my formal proposal to bring back the extra extra segment, extra extra. That was priceless. It was gold, and I loved it. Oh, that was the morning show. Oh, yes, thank you. Yes, the morning show. It was great. We we should we should we should do it again. Yeah, we'll Please. see. Well, maybe I, I might float that to Larry. <laughs> we'll see. Perfect. Um, 
hey guys, so I wanted I wanted to um, to talk about uh, the Mets bullpen. Um, we know that with the with, with the, the rules changed this year with the Mets go with uh, MLB allowing teams to go up to uh, sixteen pitchers, um, and the Mets went into the season only going through with, with nine. Now I know it's super 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 early in the season. We're only five games in. I usually get excited for the Mets about June when I start to declare them for the World Series champs. Um, this year I'll wait till about August. Um, uh, that, that'll be my cutoff. But for right now, again, I know that it's early, but did the Mets make a mistake with only going with nine pitchers? I don't think so, Jay. And, and thanks for the phone call and the kind words for Gordon. Um, I don't think so because you go with the idea of guys that you want, that you're thinking about bringing up, you want them to make sure that they get their outings. And they're going to get their outings in the spring down in, in, in Florida because that's where they're pitching a lot. And then you move them up further on. But I do think because of weather and rainouts and stuff like that, you normally don't even go to a fifth starter until the end of this month, Gordon. No, so, not so, so, you know, I don't think it was a, it was a, a mistake not to do it. Now, uh, they will have to make some adjustments. There's no question Absolutely about it, depending now. on yep. what the MRI says uh, tomorrow from both uh, Walker and, and May. Yeah, they're going to have to. Uh, and even if those tests come back, good you'd think that they're going to probably miss a little bit of a time sure. you know you're not going to throw them right back out there the next day so nope. yeah they're going to have to make some adjustments that's the the beauty of baseball is that you need so many guys in the course of a year there's so many injuries and things change and and how many times have you seen that a guy that you're not really talking about before the season is a major key component to that team during the season so the Mets are going to have to make some changes already especially pitchers yeah, oh, especially, no question. Especially pitchers. You just never have enough. Now, fortunately for them, and we'll see what happens this second go-around. Now, McGill was great for DeGrom in opening day. We'll see how he goes, how he fares the second time around. Peterson, who came on in relief, was outstanding for Walker today. I would think that Peterson would be the number one person to take Walker's turn if he can't go next time around. All right, but then again, you don't know. You don't know what weather's going to be. You might have rain outs. You might end up skipping people. You just don't know. That's that's what April is up north. So that's why they normally reserve their pitchers, keep the guys down there, keep them working out, keep them on regular rest, make sure they go and, and keep them on their rotation and what they do. And then if we need them, we can always bring them up. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, Gordon, they're definitely going to need some more arms. Well, think about definitely. last year. At this time last year, how many people had heard of Tyler McGill? No, not many. Not many. I know I hadn't. Not many. No, the rookie, he, he, was, he was great last year. He, he was, was very strong. Big yeah. for them, big for them. Josh is in Manhattan. Hey, Josh, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, it might be a little off topic, but about the Rangers, I mean, they are the team in New York these days. They are definitely got that big win Saturday night to make the playoffs for the first time in five years. Um, I want to know what your take is on them in the playoffs, if you think they could be a contender, what you think about that. Josh, thanks for the call. I'll say this real quick. Is whenever you have a hot goaltender and Shesterkin has been hot and he's been consistent and the way they're playing and they're scoring, uh, I would say they have a pretty good shot. But you know as, as well as I do, it's all about who you play and when you play them in the matchups. And so uh, will they be able to make the adjustments? Will they be able to continue to play the way they've played in the regular season in the postseason? If they can, they've got a really good shot. It's all about – it's a different game in the, in the playoffs, Gordon. It's about a hot goaltender. And, and if and if Shesterkin continues to play the way he plays, they'll have a shot. That's all you can ask. That's all you can I, ask. 
let's get it going. I mean, we need something to, you know, the Knicks season's over now, so let's get some playoff action. We don't know if we're getting it from the baseball teams. Probably not getting it from the football teams. <laughs> yeah, I know. Too. You know, playoffs don't start till May. There's 10 more games left in the regular season. <sighs> let's, let's cut this short. Let's fast forward <laughs> to playoff hockey action. Let's get, let's get this going, right? <laughs> What's the Absolutely. delay? But congratulations to them, their first playoff berth since 2017. That's nice. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. My guys, what's going on, Adrian? We did it. I don't even know how you thought that was any kind of competition, but anyway. But <laughs> well, you know, it's, there's on. so many. There's not that many people that like go back to the '70s a lot of times, and we've seen with other contests that it's the recency bias. So we thought that that might kind of trip up Rocky a little bit. That did not. Listen, he, he was motivated, and there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing like a motivated Rocky. Nothing like a boxer. It's nothing like Rocky. And those soundtracks were unbelievable. unbelievable. One, two, and three. Unbelievable soundtracks. But anyway, I got something for you, Gordon. I got something for Unc. I mean, something, that, you know, for Gordon, it might make you laugh. Um, you know, I'll assess the Yankees, you know, after 50 games, much less four. You know what I'm Right. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, man. You know, this stuff will all shake itself out, and we'll know what we need to do. You know, let's say around late Mayish, or maybe even early, you know, middle June. But, um, you know, the K-Rod broadcast, I enjoyed it and everything like that. Um, then when they got to Roger Clemens, I mean, listen, and I love Michael K to death. You know, every era has its discrepancies, whether you didn't play against black folks, whether, you know, you use amphetamines, whether you're on roids, pitches, hitters, position players, and now with the sticky, sticky stuff. You know, listen, Michael K is a world-class journalist. You can't sit here and tell us as fans, as people watching, about how Roger Clemens stood on a hill and he defended himself. And meanwhile, Andy Pettit came out and said, yeah, I took that. I mean, like, stop it, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, man. I, I, you know, And I love Michael K. to death. That was crazy. Roger Clemens won't even sit there and believe what, <laughs> what he's telling but you. But Michael has said that before. I mean, and and it's and he's and he's right. I mean, Clemens has, unlike Bonds, unlike everybody else, you know, um, uh, Palmero who shook his finger at, at the Congress. <laughs> I, I never did this stuff, and then he got caught, and he never found him again. Clemens went and on the offensive, and he did win those kids. Now, does that change my opinion? Absolutely yeah, not. A hundred percent no, but he put his money where his mouth was. Come on. He, but that, he did. He put his broke. money where his mouth was. He got he he won court cases. Now that doesn't I'm, make I'm, me believe it. There's plenty I'm of court right. cases that get wrong. Any of that. I'm not disputing any of that, yeah. but don't talk to me like I'm stupid, is what I'm saying. When that back broke <laughs> Yo, when he puffed up. It looked like Rocky Johnson <laughs> with Mike Piazza, <laughs> who's walking his eyeballs. was like, yo, who is this guy? Let me see if I can't, man. I can't. <laughs> listen, listen. Yo, um, you know what? Um, serious. Uh-huh. On a serious note, yeah. what you did last night was a little dirty. You know I love you to death. You sat there. You talk about, you know, you don't know. The, you don't think the Sixers are going. Um, listen, I was early and often before the trade for Harden that that wasn't going to work out. Listen here, man. When you see that headline go back on a brother and, oh, and them nice. braids is back there and he's got that, that pro magnum forehead. We see it with Jerry Rice. You see it with Coolio. You see it with Snoop. That's when things in your life have to change. It's time. Remember Jerry Rice when he was with the Broncos and he went yeah. to the Seahawks? Listen, it, this is when it's time to adjust yourself. I mean, 
Harden looks more like World B Free than he looks like um, James Harden of a few years ago. And, you know, Joel got the scoring title. Yep. You know, sure there's, I'm sure there's incentives for that. Mm-hmm. But the sad reality is is that he's going to be remembered. They wasted his prime. They wasted yeah. I don't told you this about. I don't told you about Ben Simmons at LSU. There, there was nothing you needed to inform me about about these sixes. It's like the Jets, you know, talking about the draft. We've been talking about that, you know, that discusses is always Methuselah. I know where my teams are, and I know what they are. They wasted this dude's prime, huh? They wasted his prime. He's going to be known as, like, Pat Ewing, Charles Barkley. This dude was a great player, but he never got the team to the promised land. Doc Rivers is going to get fired. Listen, this is a mess. I never thought they were going anywhere. Come on. I know you did, and you're right. And thanks for the call, Buddha, as always. But what happened last night, Gordon, somebody asked me, who did I think had a shot to get to to, because it's so wide open? Who did I think had a shot to come out of the East? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned a bunch of different teams. And I mentioned Philly. And listen, talent-wise, they could still – I'm not ready to write them off. I'm not ready to write them off. They could – who knows what happens against the team they face. They should be able to come out of the East. They should be able. Now, I don't know, but I'm not just going to say, no, they can't come out. Because, Gordon, I've been around this. I've seen too much. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've seen I how think the they regular gotta... season means nothing. People that have dominated in the regular season went out in the first round. I, I think they got a bad matchup against the Raptors because it seems like Thibault is not vaccinated, so he's not yeah. going to play. That's uh, right. So that's a bad that's a bad thing there. Not good. I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan. I, I don't even think that they get out of the first round, to be quite honest with you. And if they did, I'd kind of be surprised. And, and I want them to get out of the first round because I want them I want them and the Nets to go at it. And I was just taking a look today to see if there was any value whatsoever in the Nets. Mm-hmm. The Nets are minus 400 wow. to beat the Cavaliers in that open. I mean, there's absolutely no value in placing a bet on them at all. Nobody mm-hmm. is putting any money on the Cavs. Everybody is putting money on Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. I, I think that Brooklyn is – I think that there's a at least a possibility. they got at least a puncher's chance, man. Oh, there's, they, oh absolutely. There's to no the team way. in the East that I would say that, that the Nets can't beat. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to beat them all, but there's right. no team that they can't beat. If they're right – and look at that. It's amazing. Ben Simmons' back is all of a sudden healing, Larry. Yeah, right. Wow. Every every video I've seen of Ben Simmons, he hasn't picked up a basketball yet. He's either stretching, he's hopping, he hasn't picked up a basketball yet. And what this is, Gordon, for me, is this is, well, you should prepare for him. He might be ready. Yeah. I just, 20 and they're talking 25 minutes a game. This guy's in place since last June. 25 minutes a game. You gotta be kidding me. You put him out there 25 minutes for two games, he's done for the year. Done. I saw him hopping. I saw him like backwards hopping in a video. Yeah. So that I don't know what, what stage of the development that is when you're getting up to play, but I did see that video. That's about it. I did not see him pick up a basketball I yet. I did not no, see him pick right. up a basketball yet. And, yeah. and I don't know whether that means that he's not allowed to shoot when he comes on the court. He's just going to play defense. Right, right. <laughs> if you get this thing, you get rid of it. <laughs> get rid of it. Just hand Pass it to somebody it. else. Yeah. Don't worry. Durant There's a chance that you're not going to see it anyway. Yeah, Durant or Kyrie. That when you get it, you give it to one of them and get out of the way. That's what you do. And then play defense, and we're good. So. <laughs> 
And I'm saying to you that if Ben Simmons oh, can yeah. give you 25 a game, looking the way he looked, now, I mean, he could shoot as poorly as he does, have struggles at the free throw line. If that athleticism, that playmaking ability, and that defender oh, yeah. that he is, Love to see it. it shows up for 25 minutes, which it won't, I don't believe, but if it did, Brooklyn Nets going to the finals. Oh, yeah, that's why you trade. Brooklyn Nets going to the finals. Stephen A. Smith on NBA Countdown yesterday with Jalen Rose and Greeny. You're listening to Hardesty and Damer until the top of the hour here on 98.7 ESPN. And, Gordon, here's the thing I'll say. Clearly, if Ben Simmons is able to give you something from the defensive end, that would help them. This is a net team that, and you've seen them, there's no question they can score. The question becomes, especially when you play the elite teams, how do you defend certain players? How do you take them away so that they don't hurt you as much? Ben Simmons would be huge because he can defend five positions. Now, 25 minutes a game, I don't think we can do that. Now, you might be able to in the first round, Gordon, if he comes back in the first round, you might be able to because they stretched the first round out for like a month. But as you get further and further into the postseason, when you get to the every other day and then eventually the every day where you just switch back and forth, he, it's going to be hard for him to continue to play those minutes. Especially jumping up that quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just feels like a, a recipe for disaster for a guy who's got a troublesome back. And I do think he has some issues with his back. So, uh, he, I mean, if you're going to all of a sudden jump up to that level of 25 minutes, Obi Toppin is sitting so 25 already? <laughs> He's getting 25 right out of the, out of the box. Not That's fair. Right. Well, well, it's a whole season to get 25 minutes a game. It's a little different. You know, there's, there's a different coaching situation in Brooklyn than there is in the Garden. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. whatever Kyrie and KD say that night. So. Yeah. It's a player's coach. Yes. In, in Brooklyn. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unless they lose. If they lose, then it's all on Steve Nash. If they lose in the play-in tournament, forget it. Steve Nash is done. Bad adjustments. Didn't have right. it prepared. The defense we knew was going to bother them, so on and so forth. Yeah, there's, there's a history of excuses. Woads mm. on NBA Countdown. That's optimistic about Big Ben coming back. Ben Simmons, Woads. One of the few times going there, Woads is, is quiet. It's, he's, he's a man Stunned. that works in <laughs> silence. He's like an assassin. <laughs> He didn't. He he doesn't believe Simmons is coming back. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Here's Woj from NBA Countdown. I know we've been here before with Ben Simmons this season, but if he continues pain-free the way he has and progresses, listen, there's optimism around the Nets that they can get him back in the first round of their Eastern Conference playoff series if they advance out of the play-in, mm. even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes a game. They will take whatever they can get from Ben Simmons. Now, of course, that's contingent on him continuing to be pain-free, and he's got plenty more to ramp up to. He's just starting his one-on-oh. You saw the video yesterday from practice. Mm -hmm. But for Brooklyn, the chance to get Ben Simmons back, even in a very limited role, is real in the first round of these playoffs if he can continue to stay pain-free. And that's going to be the question, too, Gordon. How, how is that back, as you mentioned, how is that back going to respond so quickly on the turnaround? You know, and, and you're asking the stopping and starting. And listen, I know, and we always have these conversations about practice, right? You understand that there is a certain way that you go and a certain way that you practice, a certain way that you play in practice. It's not at all the way you play in a regular game. 
It's not even close, especially postseason. The tension, every 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 possession is important. You know, they're going to ask you to make quick stops and starts. You know, who's he going to defend there? I mean, it's, it's, it, it, hopefully if he comes back, he'll be able to play. But I'm saying, Gordon, it's going to be so tough for him. It's going to be tough. Well, look, it feels like the Nets treat the regular season as just a tune-up. Like some guy, Kyrie has checked out at times during the regular season. Obviously, this year, the whole mandate thing didn't really seem like it was bothering him missing those games. Durant missed a whole bunch of time where they used to be number one, and then he left, and then all of a sudden they dropped down, and they're out in the play-in. So it feels like the the regular season, it's very difficult for this Nets group, the the two stars, to be engaged during that because it's just such a long season. Mm-hmm. But now that they've gotten to the postseason, let's see if they can flip the switch. And there would be no greater case. If Ben Simmons, after not playing the entire year, mm. is able to go into the playoffs and, and give the Nets something of value, that will show you that, you know what, they don't have to worry about the regular season. Here's a guy that hasn't played the entire year. And they get to the playoffs, and he's the third wheel, and he's able to have an impact on the game. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing for the league, but it will be interesting to watch. It will be very interesting to watch. It will be. Tim Legler, our basketball guy, spoke to Greeny and their conversation with how Ben Simmons could help the Nets in the playoffs. Can they legitimately contend for a title? I think it would be difficult without getting something out of Ben Simmons because he addresses two things they need. He creates offense for their role players and he can guard anybody on the floor. And this is one of the most poorest defensive teams that you're going to see. And if you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you've, you've got a chance to outscore people every night, certainly. But more likely to do that in the regular season because in the postseason series, when one of those two teams you mentioned, Boston and Miami, two exceptional defensive teams, can hone in just on those two guys for seven straight games if, if over a two-week period, each game it could become more difficult for them to be as good offensively. So you have to figure out another way that you might have to win. Ben Simmons can do that for them. So if they get 15, 18, 20, 25 minutes out of Ben Simmons in that series, it makes them more of a threat as you go forward. There's no doubt. I mean, if, if he's able to give them anything, Gordon, he's, he's going to be huge for him. He definitely is. Well, I mean, this is the reason you made the trade was yeah. because he fills a lot of the gaps that you have. I yep. mean, from a defensive side of the ball, uh, being able to put him on just about anybody that's on the floor, allowing – KD and, and and Kyrie to kind of be freed up on the offensive side. So, no, I mean, look, it, it's not hard to envision a scenario where he can come in and play and, and really impact things, but mm-hmm. it's just whether or not you can get anything out of him after the guy hasn't played since, since last year's playoffs. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Nets and Cavs tomorrow night at the Barclays Center.